This week's episode is brought to you by Campaign Refinery, an amazing new email marketing automation tool. Look, in the world of digital marketing, there's a lot to keep track of. We all know this. As much as we're in love with social media and the power of social conversation here at Social Link and on the All About Digital Marketing podcast, we are well aware at just how powerful email marketing can be. Email marketing is not dead. In fact, it's never been more important to help you leverage your presence everywhere else into the one channel that you'll own, regardless of what changes Facebook, Twitter, or any other platform makes in the future. I've known the founder, Travis Ketchum, for years, and he's been a past guest on the podcast, episode 15, if you want to listen to it. I've personally used his other products before, and they've been fantastic. The amount of thought that he's put into each and every one of what he's created has been incredible. I'd highly encourage you to try their free 14-day trial at campaignrefinery.com to see what world-class email marketing automation can do for you and your business. Massive thank you to Travis and Campaign Refinery for their support of the All About Digital Marketing show. Welcome to the All About Digital Marketing podcast. The show all about digital marketing, digital marketing, digital marketing, digital marketing. Brought to you by Socialink, a digital marketing agency specializing in social media and content marketing for brave brands and forward-thinking SMEs. I'm your host, Chris Bruno, and as always, we're here to bring you the most actionable tips, tricks, tools, and insights to help you achieve more when it comes to your digital marketing. Subscribe to the show and be sure to share with a friend if you found something useful or interesting. You can find all the show notes and more information on www.allaboutdigitalmarketing.co.uk. Annalise, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Chris. So I'm looking forward to getting into this, Annalise. uh, You run a marketing agency, but there's a little bit of a twist in here for small businesses, and I'm really looking forward to this. But before we get started, Can you give everyone a little bit of insight into who you are, what you guys currently do, and how you got here? Sure. So about three and a half years ago, my husband and I started the marketing agency. We did that because we moved from the city down to the coast and my request for more time from home, working from home, was denied, which would have meant two hours commute and on the way there, two hours commute on the way back. We have three little kids and I I didn't like that as an option. So we decided to to start an agency because I was I was working in marketing. My husband was a carpenter and he wanted a change and he was going to be building our house. So he retrained as a web developer and learnt Google ads and SEO side of things. And off we went. And so now Three and a half years later, we have a team. There's about eight of us. We run a successful business from home. And because of that, and because we have little kids, we speak to other parents and other small business owners who want what we have managed to create. So because of that, we started mentoring. At the start, it was mums who who have small businesses. And now that's grown to include other small business owners. And we we give them access to our digital marketing agency team so that they can DIY their own marketing. That's what we're doing now. So we have both the agency and a mentor program for people who 
can't afford or don't want to pay agency rates but still realize that digital marketing is something they need to be moving forward with. So I absolutely love this. And you're, I think I mentioned this to you just before we went on record, but I had never met couples that ran businesses together. And over the last couple of months, I'd say now, I've ended up, you're the third, I believe, that I've met. And I find this idea really, really interesting. <laughs> uh, and I also admire you all massively, but that might just be because of my own previous experiences in relationships. But um, but yeah, I'm really impressed when I hear this. So <laughs> There's ha- good days and not so, <laughs> not so good. <laughs> so this is what I can imagine. So um, let's, let's stick to the marketing side of things, but congrats mm-hmm. on that. I think it's a fantastic story. In Thanks. terms... <laughs> In terms of the, married, yeah. you're still married, and if that's still the case, then I think that's a really good sign, right? Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I, I think business partners have enough trouble staying business partners, and uh, couples can have their own issues. So mixing those two must be interesting. Yes. Let's leave that at that. So, in yeah. terms of the marketing agency, is there any particular niche or any particular services that you really specialize in? Yeah, so we work with home builders and trades because my husband had that background and we wanted to niche. So that that's the area that we work in. So plumbers, electricians, home builders, um, and a couple of apps and things that work in that in that space is is what that's focused on. That's got to be really interesting actually because of his experience. So being able to pull from knowing and having done it already. Yeah, and I think that's where it stemmed from because from his perspective, he was always a bit of a a geek, kind of an an anomaly in terms of being someone on the tools. I know like it's not great to stereotype people, but a lot of his mates would not like to spend much time on the computer, whereas he has always been quite data-driven and liked that. And so he could see that they just kind of had no idea a lot of the businesses that he was working with in in terms of marketing and they worked just off really word of mouth and as websites and social media and everything grew that was not tradies took a while to jump on board so it was it was a great opportunity so i think this is a really interesting part because it's it's a real difference between being really good at what you do so you could be you know a fantastic fitter joiner carpenter regardless of your trade but actually not having that understanding of the marketing and the importance of the marketing that doesn't necessarily mean you're not going to be successful, but it definitely mitigates risks and helps growth for them to actually be able to embrace this side and that technology and that online presence. Have you, have you guys seen that there's a big sort of, I don't want to say shift, but there has to be a massive kind of change for them when they start to see that they're getting a flow of leads, for example, or, you know, instead of having that quiet downtime that they usually have between jobs whilst they're waiting for a referral or something else, having that kind of filled, there there must be a big change for them. Yeah. And it does sort of take that where the pipeline has to slow down for them to go, ah, crap. Okay. What am I going to do about that? I guess I better do some marketing and and then they'll start to search. And it actually we found with the, the recent, um, with, with COVID and all of that, that a lot of tradies have slowed down. And as a result, our business has grown because they finally have time to think about marketing and, and they are. But a lot of the sales process for us has been around going, yeah, word of mouth and referrals are great and you're going to have a really good conversion rate on that. 
but you can't choose when to turn the tap up and when to turn the tap down. It's just you're, you're putting the control of your business in the hands of your clients, you know, effectively. So to have some sort of strategy around that and to have something else where you can actually control that influx of leads and explaining it like that is often not a way that they've thought about their business before. I find this really interesting in this space in particular. Um, I've got some friends who are based back in the UK and he is fantastic at using Instagram to basically keep people aware of the kind of works that they do. And they do all sorts from, you know, sorting out all the joinery and building stuff in gardens, but they also do kitchen and refurbs and they do joinery inside the houses. So they've redone staircases and all sorts of things. But Mm -hmm. he will religiously post onto his Instagram the, you know, here we are today. This is the the project. As they're ripping out old kitchens and stuff like that, he'll have sort of the process steps and everything else. And then obviously and then obviously (laughs) having that final product at the end just gives you that blown away kind of wow, this is amazing, right? That transformation. And I think this is something that for a lot of trades, not just in building, but a lot of trades, they don't realize just how powerful that is. Because of the fact that actually when we're, I, I, I have to admit, I find I'm doing this more and more, but I'm less reliant on referrals than I used to be. I used to always start by asking my network or good friends, you know, oh, did you, have you got someone that you've used to do X or Y? And I still do it for certain things, but I'm finding more and more now that people are like that, yeah, no, like I just found this guy on Google. He did this work for me and it worked really well. So you kind of go, okay, cool. So you're, basically back to the same sort of principle. Well, I'll check on Google as well. And then if I can't find anyone that looks solid or or good. So I think there's a huge opportunity, right? Especially in the building industry, whereby that transformation and that power of transformation, either in people's homes or business places, is really empowering content for them to be able to use. Yeah, you're right. It is. And there's not a lot of people like your friend. In, in my experience. <laughs> okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a link to him down on this episode. He'll be happy to, uh, to hear that. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Um, I, haven't, I haven't come across a lot of tradies that, that love social media. Normally that's the first thing to be handballed, to be honest. Why do you think that is? I think a lot are potentially camera shy just kind of get in there, do the job sort of thing. Haven't really thought about it very much. I don't know. I've never really thought about why they don't. But it's normally quite a push to be able to 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 get the content from people. Okay. So how do you guys help? So let's take this example. So, right, we've got a company who are good at what they do. They're doing the trading. Uh, they're Sorry, you're calling them tradies. Um, oh, tradies, sorry, yeah, sorry. That's no, okay. It's, it's an Australian uh, term. It's a very, it is. Sorry, so normally let, I preface that. Let's say sort of like um, contractors, builders, whatever they might be. Yeah. So let's take an example and they come to you because they're realizing, right, we're getting this downtime and actually we need to start filling up and we need more work, et cetera. So what are some of the things that you do to help them, uh, especially in those initial stages, whilst they have these kind of limited resources or potentially not as much resources as they'd like to, to be able to invest. What are some of the key steps that you help them take first? So firstly, I get them to go back through their phones, through their, any professional photos they've got done and all of that and send it all to me along with testimonials, any photos of the team. We come up with a strategy 
of the content pillars that they're going to work on and what they'd like to be on their Instagram feed, if that's what we're talking about. And then um, come up with a plan on how they can get that done. So whether once a month they have a, a photo day where it's their job to go and, you know, go around to all of their sites and get photos or whether just it's every couple of days or once a week when they get our reminder going, where are some photos? Um, and it's just that reminder, really. And then you guys help them to post. So I'm guessing you do a bit of both by the sounds of this mentoring and also the agency side, but you guys so, run all their social media for them or there's a bit yeah. of a blend? On the, on the tradesman side, so the, yeah, if we're talking about trades, we will be doing their social media. So all they do is they send us their photos and we edit them and write the captions and publish them, all of that. But it's just, I mean, we're at the bottom, we're in we're near Melbourne, so we have clients all over Australia, so we can't go and get the photos for them. So once we've got those, we're okay. So I refer to this with every business. We've been remote since 2016 now and we have to tell every one of our clients before we start working there needs to be a champion within your business that's going to help us do these things right so whether it's Mm. taking photos when you have an event making sure that we're getting content uh, from you because there is no way for us to be everywhere and if we were there it would cost you a fortune so (laughs) so the idea being that having that kind of stream of content coming and I'm sure you've seen that you've got some clients that you have to almost harass if I can use that word to get that content and then you'll have others that are just flooding you with content is that the case no one floods us with content no no way (laughs) that's upsetting unless unless when like they're a home builder and they've just finished their whole project in that case they will likely spend the time to and, and get a professional photographer out because if they're doing high value jobs, then it's worth it for them to have those really high quality photographs. So then we will get that influx. And the great thing is that normally they've been working for a few years. And so they have a backlog of photos that we can work on. And it's normally just we've got professional shots and we've got in progress shots there and we can work off testimonials. And so the content that we need to fill in the gaps is normally the easy stuff for them to get, which is the guys on site and some team member shots that we're normally hassling for going, I need the selfie. I need the, like, I need some faces. Come on. Like, and, and that's just text message reminders. So yeah, the harassment. Okay. So if any tradies are listening and if any of your clients (laughs) are listening to this, pull your fingers out, guys, take more photos, give more content, give more insight into what you're doing. And trust me, I think Annalise will, uh, will agree but trust me when I say you will see the impact of that because the more you have to share, the more you can really uh, allow people to see who you guys are, what you're doing, how you work, what sort of products you actually offer in the final stages, the more of a relationship people are going to build with you online and the more likelihood there is of them actually getting in touch. So for everyone listening, more content. Yes. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> trying, trying my best. You can share this episode with every single one of your I'll clients. Send, I'll, send, <laughs> I'll send it out. <laughs> he's, my, he's my advocate, Chris. Yeah, this is perfect. Well, I think this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to help people understand the power and value of this because I think, yeah. actually, this is an interesting one for you. So I hear way too many people say things like, you know, oh, but Facebook is dead. 
And I'm trying to figure out where this all started other than potentially people that created TikTok saying it. Um, but, you know, the core platforms like Facebook, like Instagram, even Twitter to a certain extent, although I have less of a, of a preference for Twitter, but these platforms are behemoths, right? There's everyone and their sons and daughters and their parents and all sorts of people that are on there. And I think these are really, really powerful networks still to be used today. Um, and I'd love to hear what you think as well. Yeah, I agree. And I love Instagram as a personal preference, but you don't get the same options as you do on Facebook. You know, you don't get the same level of detail in the page. You can't use albums. You can't have a community there. It's more difficult to message, all of that. It's easier to run your business from, from a Facebook page. And I'm with you. I don't, I don't do Twitter. <laughs> so, somebody sent me today, in fact, I'll, I'll put a link to this somewhere in the show notes as well. But somebody sent me uh, what it's like to tweet in 2020. And to me, it sums it up perfectly where somebody writes a tweet that's really simple and it's something along the lines of what a beautiful day to read in the park. And then they've done like a host of other tech, uh, tweets that come as a response saying, oh my God, can't believe you're cutting down rainforests to have a, to have a book. <laughs> and so the reply comes back, you know, no, no, I bought it from a secondhand bookshop. Oh, wow. Not supporting the arts and blah, blah, blah. And it's just, it carries on. And you're just, by the end of it, the person's just like that. Yeah, I'm out. I'm deleting my Twitter account. I'm not getting into fights and arguments. And I find that's happening a lot. It's, um, it's a shame, but we're really, we're really becoming more polarized than I think we have been for a long time. Uh, and that's very visible on all the social platforms, unfortunately. But is, is that as much of a problem in Australia? Yeah, I think it's the same. I think it's worldwide. I try and personally actually stay away from social media. I don't use it a lot because I use it a lot for business. I don't spend a lot of time on a personal account. But what I am seeing on Facebook particularly, and I don't know if it's because we work with a lot with service-based business owners, is that Facebook groups, are, there's a lot of really beautiful communities now on Facebook groups, places where people are really supportive and, and all of that. And that's more the side of things that I've been seeing because I haven't been hanging out in the feed. I've been hanging out in the groups. I'd have to agree with you. And actually, I've done something very similar recently, um, and especially around a couple of books that I've read this year, one of them being The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. And yeah. um, they have a phenomenal Facebook group that he set up when he first published the book, actually, and encouraged everybody in the book to go into this group. And it's got thousands and thousands of people in there now. And it's just filled with people who want to support each other and that are talking about positive things and are sharing experiences or books that they've read or interesting insights that they've learned or anything like that. And I still think there's a huge amount of positivity. And then occasionally some friend in inverted comma will send me a, a link to a group that's just filled with, I don't want to say stupidity, but either conspiracy theories about what's going on in the world at the moment or crap. And you just see people arguing and fighting and I just kind of have to stay away and block those things as much as possible. Yeah, no time for that. So you mentioned something as well that your personal preference is towards Instagram. So that's kind mm -hmm. of taken away my last question for you because that usually comes at the end of the show where I like to ask people what their <laughs> personal favorite or their work favorite is. But um, what do you love so much about Instagram? Oh, I don't know. I might be like the fact that it's more micro content and it's just images and mm, I don't know. 
I think it's that. I think it's just that it's it's images where if I go on Facebook, it is more and it's not friends. I'm not following friends on Instagram. So it's 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 beautiful things and it's brands that I like and it's it's all of that kind of stuff. Whereas on Facebook it's um, you know, articles that might be conspiracy theories and it's new puppies and it's what I had for lunch and and all of that. And so I guess I like the aesthetics and the and the speed of of Instagram personally. So the, the follow-up question whenever anyone says Instagram for me is always, do you post as much as you look? I that seems I like a no. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking because of how I use it. So I don't post at all on my personal on my personal page. And normally when I'm using it, I'm using it for business. So I'm using it to find people to collaborate with, or I'm using it to connect with clients and follow client work and that kind of thing. So I was just trying to weigh it up. I'm getting better. I'm, I am getting better. So at the moment, given like the last month, if I judge it, I would say, yes, I do. I've been doing lots more IGTVs and, and all of that. Perfect. So coming back to the idea of agency versus mentoring or agency and mentoring, the idea of helping small businesses is something that I am a hundred percent behind. And I recognize, and in fact, very often when I'm having conversations with clients where I know resources are limited because they keep saying it to me, but I will be the first to say, you know, the agency solution is not necessarily the right one for you. So how do you guys help on the mentoring side? How do you really help people with the, the do it yourself kind of methodologies and, and how they can implement those? Yeah, it started because I was doing some freelance Facebook ad work outside of the agency and the fees just aren't viable. To get a good freelancer, the fees just aren't viable for someone starting a new business. So, for example, the um, the one of the first clients that I was working with under that model was had, had an online course and their course was about $1,500 US dollars. And we, that's what we were selling. And so the budget was, I don't know, like say 5,000 a month, for example. And for the mums that I was speaking to who want to make skincare or want to make headbands or that kind of thing, it's just, that's, that's just not, it's not going to happen. They don't want to, they want to make an extra $500 a week. They don't want to make that kind of money. They're not looking for to create an empire. They're just looking to replace the part-time job so that they don't have to put their kids in daycare was where we started. And so what I did is I started just doing Zoom calls with, with, with these women and we would open up the back end of their Facebook ad account and I would teach them how to structure it and we would look at the ads that that they were running and say, okay, that's not working. That one is, turn that one off, try this sort of creative. And we would, I would instruct them on how to, to do it. And then we would do a lot of it on the calls. And then as the numbers grew, I recorded video, how to videos. So there was a portal with, you know, this is how you add a Facebook pixel and this is how you set up your Google ad account and all of that. And then there was the troubleshooting calls. And then as it expanded, I didn't take all of the calls and now we've got, you know, our graphic designer takes a call and our SEO guy, who's my husband, <laughs> takes a call. <laughs> and, uh, do, do you refer to him often as your SEO guy rather than his, your husband? <laughs> two, two new clients, I, I do. <laughs> 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 and, I, 
they once they're in, they they realize he's my husband. But if I'm just saying, you know, Wednesday calls with my husband, they're like, huh? So <laughs> um, it gets a bit, it gets a bit confusing. And yeah, so we're now there's three or four of us that, well, maybe probably five that rotate in and out and and take the calls and every calls on a different topic and and we still do exactly that we log into the back end of their account we troubleshoot any tech issues we help them analyze their seo and tell them what to do to fix it and so they've got that they can learn from the other people on the on the call it's a they're group calls and you can log into five calls a week or you can log into one call a month whatever you just come when you need something and it is really nitty-gritty we're not keeping secrets we're not trying to um you know hide our strategy we just look at it like we would look at it if they were our client and we explain what the best next steps in our opinion would be and if they need help implementing then we help implement i think that's awesome and we're we're very up for anything that helps people um in any way shape or form right there's only so much there's only so much you can do to help someone eventually it comes down to them taking the action. And I think that's something that's really important. So this idea, like you mentioned there, right, they can log into five calls a week or they can log in, you know, for one a month, whatever that might be, but helping them understand what that process looks like. And we often, so we do do a bit of coaching stuff as well. And we try and help people understand Look, this is what we're trying to tell you is this is how we would do it. If you came to us with a wedge of cash and said, there you go, this is what I want to do. Now, again, we recognize that that's not right for everybody and that's not always the, the, the way to go. But actually, if you're going to do it yourself, then it's still the same principles, right? But it might be slightly less content creation because, you know, you physically can't do as much or you don't have the skills necessary to do things. But I think there's so many platforms out there now and so many ways to interact that we try and detail everything. So we very recently did, um, I say very recently when this comes out, it's probably going to be quite a while ago, but we've just done a um, what we've called the social link show. And our idea was really simple. It was, we wanted to see, could we record a long form piece of content, which was pretty raw between myself and, and my commercial director, James O'Donnell. And the two of us just talked. The only preparation we did was, I think we chose four topics that we wanted to talk about. And what we've actually done with that content is to try and repurpose and try and use it in lots of different ways. And it was interesting because we had a conversation with somebody who watched it very recently. Uh, they're already a client and they were like, that. I love this experiment that you're doing. Could we do something similar? And I was like, yeah, of course we could. We can work with you. We can do this with you guys and we can help you to, to figure out the same kind of way of doing it. But what's interesting is, you know, we, we literally are sharing it. We're talking about it. We're explaining how we've broken it down. Every piece of content that's coming out then has like a kind of reference point to go back to. And we're trying to showcase how, you know, it's not that difficult if you can set yourself up with a strategy, with a plan, with an idea or an experiment, as we call it, uh, to try and do something different to help you with your content creation. Mm. Yeah, that's great. So what are the sorts of things that you find most people really struggle with when it comes to their social media or digital marketing in general? What, what's like the first big stumbling blocks for them when you start helping them? I think the first thing, people come to us great at, at their craft, great at, at graphic design, great at interior design, great at bookkeeping, great at whatever it is that they do or a passion for for e-commerce and organic thing, like whatever it happens to be. They're great at that. And then they 
either have no idea how to get more visible online or they just start like the, you know, spraying everything, a bit of social media, a bit of boosting posts, a bit of, you know, a bit of Google ads and just kind of not knowing what they're doing, just throwing some money at it and and hoping that something comes of it. And the first thing we do is pull it all back and talk about where do we want to be, what are the actual goals, and what's the most efficient kind of cost-effective way to do that with the time and resources and um, people that you that you have. And then we talk about the buyer journey and actually that if the first thing people hear about us is, hey, I'm really great, buy my product, that that's probably not the best way to go about things. And so that education of how the buyer journey actually works or the funnel or whatever you want to call it and the psychology behind that is often mind-blowing because they haven't thought about anything like that before they've just been a really great bookkeeper and they want more clients and why doesn't people why don't people want a good bookkeeper and you know if people know how good a bookkeeper they am then of course they're going to come to me that's where that's what they're coming from because they haven't thought about marketing as the combination of art and science they've thought about it as as advertising and so talking them through that and coming up with a strategy it's it's so rewarding to finally see everything click and then they can have fun with it and it's not they don't feel icky and salesy and they've they've got a plan i think that's it's huge and we refer to it as putting the social back into social media whereby way too many businesses, like you said, even the ones that are fantastic at what they do and their posts, basically social media is used like a bullhorn, right? To scream from the top of their lungs and say, you know, buy one, get one free, 20% off, buy now, look at this, we sell this. And you're like that, this isn't what it was meant for, right? And at some point we stopped referring them to as social networks and we started referring to it all as social media. Mm-hmm. And it's a really interesting concept that we've just kind of lost that social impact of actually talking to people, getting to know people, building an audience or a community, having that engagement uh, makes such a big difference. And one of the, the biggest eye openers for me every time I talk to a client, and especially if they tell us that, you know, we don't have enough engagement, is I'll often ask, when was the last time you asked people to engage? And invariably, the call will go quiet. <laughs> And people will sort of go, what do you mean? I was like that, well, you know, do you ask any questions? And they're like that. No, I I, I never really thought about that. I just kind of keep sharing what I'm doing and what we're doing. And you're like, okay, so why don't we try asking your audience what they think? And invariably, we had one client in particular who's working on a vegan app for, for DNA and all sorts of really interesting stuff. And she created a group. She had built a decent audience behind the, uh, the idea of what she was doing. And she basically messaged me about 24 hours after she had posted this really simple question. And she was like, that, oh my God, we've had like 150 responses from a group of 600 people. And I was like, that, that's fantastic. And she's going like, this, this is mind blowing. And I said, well, no, the bit that's mind blowing is that you now need to spend the next 24 hours responding to those people. <laughs> But yeah. this is where this is where the magic happens, right? This is where you're building these relationships. This is where people are seeing who you really are, what you're really about. And this is how they're building trust with you and the brand because they now feel part of this. 
up until now, you're just kind of shouting from a bullhorn. Well, we get this a lot in London. I don't know about in Australia, but you know, there'll be some form of either a preacher or somebody screaming on a, on a little wooden box and using a bullhorn to kind of promote something. That's not what we take interest in, right? It's not how we get involved with something. It's not how we buy into a brand. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize the, the power it can have. Yeah. Yeah. We don't like to be sold to. We, we love to buy, but we don't like to be sold to, especially not when we're on social media trying to, you know, trying to look at our favorite brands or niece's birthday party or whatever it is. What, what our friends had for lunch yesterday. Exactly. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's an interesting concept though, because it's what you said. We don't like to be sold to, but we do like to buy. And I think if people could understand that difference between I want to feel engaged with a brand. I want to feel interested in who that brand is, who's behind it, what they're doing, what they're about. But I want it to feel like it's my decision. And actually, the best way to publicize that and market that and advertise that is not to try and push a, you know, buy now 10% off kind of offer. That invariably puts me off quite a lot, but actually is to help me understand what that brand's actually about, what that product's actually for, how that product can be used, what sort of different impacts that product has had, what other people think of that product. All of those things are far more likely to to take me towards the the buying decision. Yeah, yeah. And I, I often tell my clients, like, your people are coming into, when they become aware of you, they're coming into that with a whole lot of experience about, what the norm is in your industry and what and they've got these preconceived ideas from their previous experiences and then often that's at odds with what you actually need them to know and think and believe about you and your brand and your product or service to say yes to it and so that buyer journey is the process of that of educating them about who you are so that you're moving them down and making them know and think and believe about you, what they need to, in order to be open to getting that, okay, now here's my 10% off offer. Absolutely. Understanding that it's a journey and a process rather than a, uh, rather than a war of attrition or the scattergun approach like you talked about. Yeah, that's the right word for it. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was eluding me before. Okay. So in terms of, a big piece of advice for anyone who's listening. And again, not necessarily just in trade or construction or building or anything like that, but in general terms, what would you say is one of the key things for anybody listening to really start paying attention to and to start doing to help them with their marketing online? I think it comes back to knowing why you are different and why you're special. And A lot of people struggle with this, but invariably there's something about your industry that drives you crazy, that you don't like, that you do differently. So for us, what drives us crazy is where we get clients and they have no access to their Google Ads account that they've been running for 12 years because their agency has it under lock and key and won't give it to them. So things like that. And so we are the opposite. We're very transparent. Everything's under the client's name how I think it should be, considering they're paying for the data. Completely and so, agree. And so, and so there's, there's, there's something like that probably in your industry that, that you revolt against that you do the opposite of intentionally. And think about what those things are and then think about the best way to communicate that to your audience because maybe that 
maybe you haven't thought about it like that. And I think often we think about our businesses from uh, the expert level, like we're up there at expert level 10. And so we're talking at that level and we're not thinking that, you know, I'm a bookkeeper and I'm, of course, thinking up here at level 10, but our clients are probably like expert level two at best. And we need to be talking about the content at that level because that's the stuff that's going to blow our client's mind and just pull it all back, make it simple, think about educating your your audience about the foundation of who you are and why you do what you do, how you do it. And, yeah, that would be my my action tip for, for the week. Love it because actually it's really interesting because that – that one thing that kind of annoys people about the industry or anything else is often what actually leads them to start their company in the first place. Yeah. And it's something that they then forget about really quickly. So, you know, I'm doing this because I want this to be different because of X, Y, and Z, whatever it is that really kind of grinds their gears. And I think that's, it's very easy to then forget about it and to just be focused on the product that you're selling or whatever it might be and forgetting that actually there was a reason. And I think that second part, again, remembering that the content you're creating isn't for you. And I think that's huge, right? Because again, you and I could have a conversation at a really granular level about Facebook ads and really minute details of how we try and optimize things or what we like to try and test or how we try and... But actually for the people listening right now to this podcast, that's not where we're trying to get to, right? That's not the help that I'm trying to give for people. I want people to take that initial first step and to start doing something. So recognizing that and being able to, to kind of create content around that, I think is huge and massively important for, for a lot of businesses. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Annalise, thank you so much for coming on. I've really enjoyed this and um, really quickly, where can people find you online and where can people find out more about your agency and also the mentoring that you guys offer? Yeah. Thanks, Chris. So. My website is AnnaliseWarn.com and the details about the Marketing Mentor Program are there. If um, if you'd like to look up the agency, that's CustomBuildMarketing.com. Perfect. And you're on Instagram, but I'm guessing you don't want people to come follow you on Instagram. No, come come follow me. It's Annalise.Warn. Annalise.Warn. Perfect. Yeah, that's where you get all my new IGTVs and <laughs> all of that fun stuff. Well, I'm going to check it out after the uh, the episode's finished, so that's for sure. But everybody else will drop all those links into the show notes. Thank you very much again, Annalise, for coming on board. And I really hope everyone enjoyed this and took something away that's of value. Thank you so much for having me. I've had a lot of fun. The All About Digital Marketing podcast is brought to you by Social Inc., a distributed digital marketing agency specialized in delivering results through online campaigns. Whether it's content marketing, social media marketing, online advertising, or web design, we've got you covered from strategy through to delivery. If you're struggling with your digital marketing, get in touch today by simply visiting www.socialinc.co.